Amen, amen. Well, if I asked everybody what's special about November, what are we all going to say? Thanksgiving, right? Well, a lot of people don't realize it, but November is actually National Adoption Awareness Month. And some of you may be wondering, what are all these pictures doing up there? Some of you have been to my house and you probably realize these. And we're going to talk about these in a minute. Now, this is not a a, a plug for our nonprofit, but that it ties to today's service. So I want to talk with you about adoptions. And I've titled this Adoption, the Heart of the Gospel. All right? So November is the, this is the time. Actually, was it last Sunday? It was the 4th, right? The 4th was the, uh, uh, that was National Adoption Day. All right? And, but it's the time where we honor anybody that has anything to do with adoptions who have adopted or even considered foster care or people who work in the system like Chelsea, uh, you know, that's a calling. That is such a calling. We've learned so much since we've been into this. And, uh, and, and you know, my hat's off to you for doing that because it's not easy. But adoption is so, so valuable. And adoption is very much a part of who we are as your pastors. And you need to know, you need to understand where we are and what we love, all right? And, uh, of course, our heart is international adoption. And specifically, Ukraine, the country of Ukraine. And that's where Manifold Mercies comes in. And that is our nonprofit, mine and Michelle's. And let me say this before I get too far into it. That I want everybody to understand the church does not fund Manifold Mercies at all. It is a freestanding organization. Now, that doesn't mean at some point down the road when we're, when we're doing an activity or a program or something, we may reach out to you guys to give towards that. But that will totally be up to you. But it is its own entity, and it stands alone. So, But we started Manifold Mercies in 2010 after we got clear vision of what we were going to do. And we knew it had to do with Ukraine. We just didn't know what that looked like. And so when we, when we left Ramah in 2008, we graduated. And, you know, we were all on fire, and we were ready to save the world. But while we were there, we were there from 05 to 08, and God put Ukraine on our heart, all right? And he connected us with other people there, and, and uh, it has been a connection that we have to this day, and they're actually missionaries there. And, um, but we, when we left, we knew we were going to do something in Ukraine. We just didn't know what it was going to look like. But we knew in our heart we had a strong connection with kids, and primarily teens. We primarily work with teens. You know, those are the ones that most get neglected, and I'm sure Chelsea can tell you these are the ones that people want to adopt the little babies, but the teenagers are the ones that they're the headache, they're the trouble, nobody wants to help them, just let them get, let them get out of the system, then they go into the world and they haven't learned anything, they haven't had any guidance, and then it leads to creating more problems. So that's our heart, teenagers, teenagers. Now, and we left Raymond, we came to Alabama, and we started working at Auburn Fellowship, and that's where we met most all of you. And we knew that, you know, at some point we were going to do something with Ukraine, but we were patiently waiting on God, all right, which is wise, okay, that's wise. So we came back, worked with Auburn, started there, working with mentoring under Matt and Rachel, learning, learning all about uh, operating a church and pastoring a church and, and uh, waiting patiently on God to show us what was, what was the next step. And we knew that it was, had to do with the country of Ukraine, so we... We, while we were waiting, we got connected with another ministry that was already working in Ukraine. And we actually went there, and we lived on campus there for 
How long were we there? A year and a half? About a year and a half. And while we were there, we sat down with another missionary family that was there, and me, Michelle, and Charlie and Marty, we sat down and we designed a program for that organization to host kids, or host orphans into, America, into the United States. And so we did that for a while, and, and, uh, and we were still patiently waiting on God. And, you know, sometimes it takes patience and it takes time to walk out the plan that God has for you. You know, you hear me say a lot of times to have that tenacity to go get it and to make things happen. Well, you need that, but you also hear me talk about all the time you need to have that balance, that clean balance in your life. Because sometimes we get too much of a hunger to do what we feel like we want to do in our heart. We get out there and we try to make things happen, and then we try to do things that's not in God's timing and we create more problems. So very careful, be very careful and always look for that balance, all right? So that's what we were doing. So then after we were there for a year and a half, we decided it was time for us to to implement our own organization, which we did, and we started putting together the makings of Manifold Mercies. And that is what you see here. And these are all, you, you probably all saw them at my house thinking, man, they just like pictures. What is all this, you know? But what this is, Manifold Mercies is our nonprofit, and we work with orphans in Ukraine. So what do we do? It's humanitarian aid. We do humanitarian aid trips, and we will be putting together a mission trip to go over and do that. And some of you guys are, anybody's welcome to go. Uh, and then I'm going to tell you, it'll change your life. When you get a chance to go, and they allow you to stay in that orphanage, and you spend, there'll be 40 or 50 kids running around. It is so much fun. So much fun. So we do humanitarian aid. Mostly, we mostly take uh, school supplies, shoes, you know, the government does really good about feeding them, but they, the quality of uh, supplies and materials of what they get in clothing and shoes is very poor. They're lucky to get uh, six weeks, seven weeks out of a pair of shoes, you know, so they very poor. So we do that. And also, we do pre- and post-adoption support for families. People who are interested in adoption, we like to sit down with them and talk with them. You see, when, when you adopt... Uh, in the natural, when you adopt, it's truly a calling from God. You see, if you go out there, as human nature, we're, we want to help the kids, right? We see poor, pitiful kids, and we want to help them, right? But it's very important to know that when you adopt a child, you don't react off of emotion. Because we've seen the positives and the negatives, and one of the biggest negatives is when you bring, especially a teenage child, into your family, and if you have other children... It can be destructive to the family as well as the child that you're bringing in. So we sit down and we kind of counsel them and we walk with them and we let them know the ins and outs, the struggles they may face and this, that, and the other. And then also we do post-adoption support and that's where people uh, contact us after they get home with the child and they're, all, they're having the struggles, all right? And you bring home a teenage child, they're going to have some issues and so we walk them through that. As a matter of fact, we have a Facebook page that's a Ukrainian Adoption Connection. And it's a very specific page. Not anybody can just friend it and be a part of it. In order to be a part of the page, you have to be in the adoption process or already have adopted. And the purpose of the page is to give you a form or a platform for you to vent, ask questions. I need help with this. What happens here? And then you have a group of people that can come back and give you input or advice. And how many members are on that page? 1,500 people. So it's 1,500 people, and it's, it's, it has been such a blessing to a lot of people. We've heard so much good feedback by that. So that's what we do, and we do that for 
uh, all for orphans in Ukraine. And, but one of the most fun things that we do is we host orphan groups to America. And we bring them here for two to three weeks, depending on what the government will let us do, uh, sometimes four weeks. And uh, we allow those kids to come here and give them a cultural experience. And it's a trip of a lifetime for them. And, um, you know, the purpose of bringing them here is not specifically to get them adopted because that would be illegal. That would be trafficking kids. But the purpose to get them here is to give them a wonderful time and also to put them in a place to where prospective adoptive families can come meet them because when we bring the groups, we host them all together up at the Children's Harbor up on Lake Martin so they all stay in one house. And it gives parent, uh, families an opportunity to come, sponsor an activity for the kids, spend time with the kids. And if they're interested in adopting, a lot of times it happens. And that's wonderful. That's really great. And since 2010, we had 29 adopted through the organ. No, we had 30 because Cola here, we found out. little young guy here on the bottom got adopted a couple of weeks ago. We found out after he got adopted because a few days after he was adopted, he friended Michelle on Facebook. He was so, so cute. He, he, he couldn't speak any English. When they were here, all they could say was, Mommy, 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 Mommy. They were precious, 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 precious. But anyway, so we found that out. So now we have 30 that have been adopted. So that's, it's, that's fantastic. Fantastic. And, and, and what's really cool is we have a lot of kids, a lot of people, some people don't even know this, but right here in our church that were adopted, you have the Deckers. They have Ryan Decker, Ukraine, Joy and Nazar, which they're right up here somewhere. Here they are right there. They were adopted. And then, of course, we have Natalie. Everybody knows Natalie, all right? And, um, and we have Jessica and Sasha also all adopted. So they're all right here, a part of our church, a part of our church family, and all because we chose to obey God when he put it on our heart to adopt them and bring them into our family and teach them the importance of what it means to grow up in a godly family and set an example for them so that they can walk out the perfect plan of God for their life. And, you know, I'm not trying to get anybody to adopt, but if you've ever thought about it, hey, I'd love to sit down and have a conversation with you because it really is amazing. You know, so many kids get overlooked today, and especially the teenagers. And the kids grow up being taught based on what they see on television, and that's so dangerous, so dangerous. You know, we actually have a, a, a generation of kids coming up now that they won't, they do not even understand what a biblical father looks like. You see on TV, all they see is the doofus, the goofy man that they make fun of on all the shows that the kids come and get money from when they need money from. Well, then on the other hand, all they hear on the media is how all these dads are abusing their families. And I'm not saying they're not abusing them, but I'm just saying this is what they're seeing. So in the kids' eyes, they're seeing either a dumb man or they're seeing an abusive man. And so they don't really understand. So dads, if you're out there, I want to encourage you. Be all you can be. Do all you can do. You've got eyes on you and people are watching you. Set the example. Take responsibility for your family and give them all that you can. And I know you guys are doing that, but I just want to encourage you to dig a little deeper. So as you can see, adoption is close to our heart. All right? And as a matter of fact, adoption should be on everybody's heart. You see, Scripture tells us that we're supposed to take care of orphans and widows, right? It does. 
Look at James 127. I'm going to read it out of the New Living. James 127 says, Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, the Father, means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. So we're called. All of us are called. Hey, can you guys turn some air on back there, Tony? Getting a little warm. You guys heard some air on. <laughs> Thank you, man. So we're called to take care of them. Take, take care of them. I don't know if you guys are hot. I'm about to sweat. And that doesn't happen much. So, what is adoption? Well, I kind of paraphrase this, and, in, and some of this is my own take on it, but it's, it's what adoption is. It says, adoption is the legal action by where we take into a family a child that is not our own with the purpose of treating them and giving them all the privileges as a natural child. All right? So you see, an adopted child is legally entitled to everything. I, bring, I brought Natalie and Jessica and Sasha into my family. They're legally entitled to everything that Hampton, Anna, and Austin are entitled to. So they become part of the family. Part of the family. And I like to tell people to think of adoption as the chance or the opportunity for us on earth to live out the example which God set for us when he chose to adopt all of us into the family of God, which is what he did. It's what he did. That's kind of cool. Sometimes you need to remind yourself of that and let that sink in. Now, don't get scared and run away and think, oh my gosh, I'm related to everybody in here. (laughs) Because you may not want everybody in here at your family gathering, but that's okay. We want to walk in love. (laughs) But when God wanted to talk about or describe the relationship that he wanted to share with all of us, he used the illustration of adoption. That's it's what it is. He adopted us all, no matter where we came from, no matter what we've done, no matter where we've been. He loved us so much. And he overlooked all of that and chose to adopt us all into his family just because of the love that's in his heart. Amen. Now, let me read you a little story here. And it's about a first grader, and she's talking with her teacher and another little boy, and it's about adoption. And what it is is in the classroom, there's a little young boy that, that looks totally different from his family. And, and one of the little boy asked the question, you know, why did he look different? And the little girl says, maybe that's because the boy has been adopted. She said, I know all about adoption. She said, because I was adopted. And another little boy asked, well, so, well, what does it mean to be adopted? And the little girl says, well, it's simple. She said, it means that you grew in your mommy's heart instead of her tummy. And that little girl was speaking wisdom right there and didn't even know it. Because you see, spiritually speaking, spiritually speaking, the whole adoption process for all of us into the family of God began in his heart. Glory to God. That's fantastic. He loved us so much. He loved me for all the, even though all the craziness and all the goofy things and the dangerous things that I did, And you know what? He loved me so much anyway. Because you know, none of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. That's fantastic. Fantastic. Look with me at Romans 8, 14 through 17. Romans 8, 14 through 17 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit when He adopted you as His own children. Now we call Him Abba Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs to God's glory. 
But if we are to share his glory, we are also to share in his, in his suffering. So you see, we're all adopted into that family. If you choose Christ, he adopted you how you are. With all, everything that comes with the whole deal, he brought you in. That's really cool. And now if you look at Galatians 3.29, it says, And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. You see, the fact that we've been adopted into God's family, it entitles us to an inheritance. You see, and it says right there, we're actually joint heirs with Jesus Christ himself. Now think about that. Joint heirs. That means what's his is ours. You know, remind yourself of that when things are looking tough and things are going bad. And that inheritance, listen, we may not receive that whole inheritance here on this earth, but when we get to heaven, that inheritance is there. It is there. And that's awesome. That's awesome. That's amazing. And adoption is an awesome thing any way you look at it. And listen, if you've never thought about it or even given, you know, the word never even really crossed your mind, but I want you to leave here with a new perspective on adoption, all right? Because we've all been adopted. We've all been adopted into the family of God. Ephesians 1.5 says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Christ Jesus. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Well, glory to God, it was his plan all along. His plan all along was to adopt us all. And that's worth shouting for. And if you keep reading and look in verse 11 there, it says, Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. He chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. There's that inheritance again. That inheritance. You know, you, you can't wait to receive an inheritance like that. All right? You know, you hear people all the time talk about, Man, I just wish I had an old uncle that would die and leave me a million dollars. You know, well, listen. You've got an inheritance. That you are a joint heir with Jesus Christ that is un, it's unimaginable the things that you're going to receive. Amen? And I also think it's very interesting that if you, if you study the Bible and, and you look at it, a lot of the greatest leaders were adopted. Moses, of course, Jesus, Esther, were all adopted. We're all adopted. And now, when you adopt into a family, like any of these kids, they, we bring them in, they come with, uh, they, they have some struggles they have to deal with, all right? It doesn't come just perfectly smooth. And it's the same thing when you're adopted into the family of God, meaning you've got to leave some stuff behind. And you see, adoption in the natural usually is a result of something traumatic. Somebody dies, mom and dad die, or... Or even worse, it's some type of abuse or neglect. As a matter of fact, a lot of the kids on this, on, up in these, in these pictures here, where a lot of their parents are alive. They were just removed from their parents from neglect or abuse. And that's really sad. But you see, when that happens, that creates issues that the child has to overcome. It creates all kind of issues. And disorders, attachment disorders, adjustment disorders... All kind of issues. But see, the good news is that when you adopt them and you bring them into your family and you bring them into a good godly family with a good church family and a good foundation and you start setting that example before them at a young age or whatever age you start setting that example for them and you start teaching them, praying over them and guiding them and leading them, glory to God, any disorder can be overcome simply with the Word of God. Amen. But 
The same can be said for new Christians. When, you, when new Christians choose to be with Christ and choose to be adopted into the family of God, there comes a spiritual maturing time, and we talked about that last week, where they can learn to live, to live a Christian life, to be on their own, all right? But it's a process. It's a process. And sometimes people have trouble adapting to that. But that's where that's, that, that, that spiritual family is so vital to people who choose to walk the Christian walk. Amen? So, so just like new adopted children coming into families, they have issues they have to overcome, right? There's, in other words, there's, there's, uh, there's steps to making the process happen. Well, the same thing happens with new Christians. But new Christians need to understand those steps. All right, And it's very important that they understand them. And that's why your church family is so important. We all have a part to play. People that in your church, all right, you impact somebody that comes in there and accepts Christ. It can be the way, you're, way you live. It can be the way you talk. It can be anything. We all have a part to play. Always remember that. People are watching you, either for good reasons or bad reasons. So hopefully it's the good reasons. Amen? So... To be adopted into the family of God, you've got to understand it involves some things. And number one, it involves acceptance into the family. So, to be a new believer, you've got to understand that God extended membership, and not only extended membership into the family, but he gave the right to all who believe. Look at John 1.12. John 1.12. says, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. So you see, we become a member of God's family through that new birth. That new birth, all right? John 3, 3 says, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. But you see, it's that new birth. When that process happens, that's when the whole adoption process for ourselves takes place. And that's where we're pulled in and we become a part of God's family. Amen? So, to be adopted in God's family, you've got to understand that God is, is extended you the membership and accepts you as you are. Accepts you are. Listen, don't ever, don't ever let somebody tell you or, tell, or say to themselves that they need to change in order to be accepted by Christ. That's simply not true. God wants you the way you are. Because, listen, once you accept Him and choose to go after Him, you will be pushed to change and to be set apart. Now, so to be adopted into God's family, you also have to understand that it involves responsibility as a family member. So once you come into the body of Christ and you come into the church family, we have a responsibility, just like us, that we've been Christians for a while now. We have a responsibility. And number one, there's an obedience to God's will. Obedience. And see, that's a word that we don't like to talk about today. You ask most teens today, what, what, are they really, what, what are they really after right now? And a lot of them will tell you is they just want to get out of their house. They don't want to be at home with mom and dad anymore. Why? Because they don't want to obey any rules. Well, you see, when they keep that attitude and they take that attitude on out into the, into the world on their own, they have trouble submitting to authority. And then they can't submit. If you can't submit to your boss... How are you going to go higher in your career? And let's go a little further and take it spiritual. If you can't submit to your pastor and help build the vision of his church with your giftings as God leads you there, 
how are you going to walk in the fullness of what God has for you? Amen. So remember, obedience is so important. I know that's a scary word, and we all like to think. And really, we, we see this more in America than in other countries that I've been to. And it's because Americans have the mindset that, you know, we're the greatest and we can do what we want to do, and nobody can tell me what any different. And now there is some truth to that, but that doesn't mean that you can do what you want to do and there won't be any consequences. All right? Just remind yourself of that. So obedience is very important, all right? Obeying what God tells you to do. Just think about it like this. If, if Michelle and I had not been obedient to start this nonprofit as God led, led us, listen, he didn't lead us to do this simply because we had a lot of money either. We had no money. We had no money. And, to, to, and just to give you an example, to host one group of kids can be anywhere from thirty to $50,000. And generally, we'll only have a couple months or three months to raise that. So, I mean, God moves. It's a God thing. But you see, had we not been listening to God and had not been willing to obey God and take that step of faith, there's some of the, there's, there would have been 30 kids that wouldn't have a forever family at the time. And see, sometimes you need to take that look and look at yourself and say, well, God, what are you wanting me to do? And then ask yourself, what are you waiting what are you waiting on or trying to prepare yourself to to take that step of faith? He may be wanting you to take the step of faith right now. And he's going to meet you as you take your step and start providing for you. And see, there's somebody's life hanging in the balance that depends on that. So I'm not saying that to condemn anybody. I just want to encourage you. You know, be willing to take that step and see what God's got for you. Because I'm telling you, he's got some great things for a lot of you. He really does. matter of fact, he's got great things for all of you. So... But anyway, obedience. Philippians 2, verses 12 and 13 says, Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now I'm away. It is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Now, obedience is how we know we love His children. 1 John 5, 2 says, We know we love God's children if we love God and obey His commandments. So, all right, that's enough on obedience. Everybody's kind of giving me that look like we really don't like you right now. So, <laughs> But next, we have a duty to our church brothers and sisters. All right, now it goes back to what I talked about a minute ago. We're, we're responsible for our church family. We're responsible. Listen, if you don't see somebody that hadn't been in church for two or three weeks, I try my best. Michelle tries her best to call and reach out. But listen, people want a relationship with people in their church. They want to feel like somebody thinks about them on occasion. So I encourage you, if you see somebody missing that had not been here in a while, give them a shout. Give them a call. They may be traveling. They may be whatever. But let me tell you, it'll make them feel so good to know that somebody thought about them. And that's part of what we're responsible for. That's our duty. And we're also to uphold the family name. Listen, this is where the, the, the boldness of understanding who you are in Christ and the willingness to stand up to be set apart. You know, think about it. When you're at work and, and you're in the back and maybe all the guys are hanging out and talking about what they did all weekend, how they boozed it up and drank it up, slept with this one and that one or whatever they may have done. Are you going to be the one that's going to be set apart? Come on and be bold about who you are in Christ and speak wisdom and speak the word of God into the situation and be set apart or are you going to be intimidated and cower and start start and start talking trash just so you can fit in all right don't do that don't do that be different 
Be bold and stand up for God. Stand up for who you are in Christ. Amen. We are to glorify God through the name of Jesus. First Peter 4.16 says, But it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by His name. Now, the last one here, you should like. All right? To be adopted into God's family involves blessings. Come on. Everybody loves blessings, right? And the number one blessing we have is we have full access to our Heavenly Father at any time. Now look, I don't ever, I'm not, I don't want to belittle everybody, anybody's situation. Listen, I've been around a lot of adopted kids. I've been around a lot of kids in orphanages. I've heard stories that just, all I could do to hold back the tears because you don't want to break down in front of them when they're confiding into you. And I'm, it's, it's, it can be difficult at times. But listen, at some point in your life, you have to get to a point to where you're standing on your own spiritual feet, all right? And you're not allowing what happened in your past to dictate who you are or to define who you are. Listen, we've all had a past. And I know it's not easy. That's why you need that church family. That's why you need a good family, if possible, to help walk you through it. Because listen, there are so many people hung up on their past. They start looking at what they did in the past, and they start feeling like they're not worthy. I can't do anything for God. Look where I came from. Look what I come from. Look what I went through. Look what I did. Listen, God's got a plan for you. I, I remember I waited seven years before I went into ministry because I couldn't get over the mistakes I made. And you know, I think back now, I was like, wow, what could I have accomplished had I stopped being hung up on our past and walked it right on in to what God had called me, had planned for me? Listen, don't get hung up on your past. And as a matter of fact, if God, if you're hung up on your past, I'm telling you right now, you are hung up on it yourself. Because when you were born again, it's all wiped away and nobody's looking at it but you. God himself is not looking at it. Right? And he has a plan for you. That is a deceit from the devil himself. If he can keep you looking back, then you're never going to look forward and walk out to whatever it is that God's got for you. And he's going to constantly keep you nudging you. The enemy is. Oh, you can't do this. You're worthless. You can't accomplish nothing. How can you do that? You can do Look, you did this. There's no way you can do that. Don't fall into that. Don't, I, I can't get off of that, but don't fall into it. Listen, you are a son and daughter of God and you are worth more than any dollars on this country or on this earth. You are an... you got a lot of potential, folks. See the value in yourself. All right. Now, the second thing is we have all spiritual blessings. Ephesians 1.3 says, All praise to God our Father, our, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. So, we have all the blessings that we need. That's fantastic. Fantastic. But now this last one is one that I like the most. And that is, we have an inheritance. We talked about that a minute ago. So we are joint heirs with Christ himself. We are heirs of the promise through Abraham. you got an inheritance. We've got something to look forward to. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Fantastic. Listen, when the time was right, God sent Jesus to the earth. All right. And he was born of a woman who was under the law. And the reason he did that, the reason he did that was to redeem all of those who were under the law. 
And he did that so that we could receive full rights and benefits of becoming sons and daughters of Christ. Alright? He did that. So you see, as Christians, we've been saved. We've been set free. But most importantly, we've been adopted into the family of God. And that's something we need to remind ourselves a lot. Adoption's very important. Adoption's very important. You know, we're... I go down these pictures and I look through. Everyone tells a story, tells a story. And I can just go down and see who all the different people and where they are. And, and it, it, you know, just like you have Nadia here. She's in, she's in Jacksonville, Florida. You have Timur here. He's in uh, Jackson, Mississippi. This young little lady right here, Natalie, she's on my shoulders here. She was HIV positive. We have no idea whatever happened to her. Stories. Lots of stories. So many of these. Nastia and Wetumpka, Alabama. Sasha was in Oregon. So many. It just keeps going. Keeps going. Keeps going. Of course, there's Nazar and Joy right here with us. Right here with us. Amazing things and things. Actually, we found out there's a few more of these that got adopted out west. It's just stories. They all have a story. It's so, it's so fun to look at these and just, and just reflect back to and, and, and just see and to know that uh, how important adoption is. All right, not just naturally, but spiritually. We need to understand that. We are adopted into the family of God, and we should be proud of that fact. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this day, and we thank you for, for everything that you've done in all of these children's lives that we see here on the stage here. And Father, we just pray that you'll continue to do the work that you have been doing in their lives. And Father, I pray that as we talk today about adoption, I pray that people come to the understanding and of, of the fact that you just chose us. You chose us even though we weren't worthy, even though we had made mistakes, even though we goofed up, even though we weren't perfect. That's okay. You loved us anyway. And you chose to send your son to die for each and every one of us, Father. And Father, I pray that that sets in, that sets into their spirit and helps draw them closer to you, closer to the, what it is that you have for them to do, Father. Because I know you've got great and mighty things, Father. There's great and mighty things, great and mighty people in this church, and you've got great and mighty things for them to do, Lord. And Father, I pray that their spiritual eyes will be opened, their spiritual eyes will be opened, and they'll begin to see what it is that you're calling them to do. And they'll start seeking out opportunities to walk out the will of God for their life. And they'll start seeking out opportunities to share you, to share their spiritual father, to share in the gift that you gave them, to share the fact that you, that you adopted them into your family, Father. Oh, you're so great. So amazing, so awesome, Father. We love you and we praise you and we give you all the glory and all the honor. But before I go, I want to say a specific prayer. If there's anybody in here and you're struggling with every head bowed and every eye closed, and I can't get off of this for some reason, but if there's somebody struggling, feeling unworthy, I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. And I want to spend some time and I want to chat with you. Right? And I'm not going to call you to come down front, but I want you to do
do that, come see me after service. I want to take a minute before you leave the building and make sure that you leave here encouraged. But if there's anybody in here, and you may feel like also that you maybe you've, you've missed it a little bit and you may need prayer to come back to God, to get everything straight back with God. You know, we all make mistakes. None of us are perfect. If that's you, that's okay. That's okay. That's what we're here for. You know, we're, we are not perfect. But if that's you, I want to I want to ask that you come down now, and I just want to take just a quick second and pray with you, and make sure you can leave here with a smile on your face and knowing that everything's right. You're back in right standing with your heavenly Father. If that's you, when you raise your hand now, good deal, good deal. It looks like we're all family. Well, Father, we just give you all the praise and all the glory for each and everybody here, and I pray blessings over them as they go set forth to do what it is that you called them to do. And we give you all that glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, guys, you can...